3AW is football. Here's your host, Tim Lane. And a very good afternoon to you. It's real footy time now as we get down to the business of uh, previewing our big broadcast match between Carlton and Richmond on the MCG and, of course, keeping you abreast with the other games. The early one is at Marvel Stadium, as you've been hearing, and uh, Fremantle have actually just hit the front, edging towards half-time, leading St Kilda by point five four two five three. Three AW football brought to you by McDonald's. 24 chicken McNuggets for $9. 95 available at Macca's after 10:30 a.m. Should have a big crowd for this game at the MCG, and I think it'd be fair to say we are due for something good this weekend because uh, it has been a pretty dismal affair round 21 so far. We were here yesterday afternoon for Melbourne and Collingwood. I think unanimously uh, in our box we felt it was as bad a game as we've seen for a couple of years, and yet uh, we by a very significant margin, had the close one. It was a 17-point margin at the end, and there were a few goals kicked, unlike at some of the other venues. We've got a curtain raiser on here, and uh, this is old-fashioned footy, 16 goals to eight. And uh, new fashion result, Richo, the Tigers leading the Blues just by about uh, 50 points at the moment. The good news for Carlton is that Alex Johnson is out there, and that uh, Heaney mark, the mark of the decade, actually was taken the day that uh, he did his knee for the, That's right, I think yeah. we can say, the final time in terms of his AFL career. But he's, he's back on the MCG where he's part of a Swans Premiership back yeah. in 2012. Remarkable courage by him just to come back and keep playing footy. And good to see him out there. And it's good to see a curtain raiser on the MCG as the Blues kick a goal here against Richmond in the VFL, but it's good to rock up, isn't it, and watch a bit of uh, VFL footy. We had a VFL game on down at Geelong last night, and gives you something to do when you get to the footy early, and it encourages you to come early. Lingy, uh, I never enjoy seeing the sight of a couple of grown men quaking in their boots, but uh, Richo and Mick Warner are just showing signs of that this afternoon. Took you uh, three and a half minutes uh, being on air there, Tim, to go with that nonsense. I think you were. I think your bet was him lasting about one minute before he uh, went with it, but uh, there's a little bit of frostiness in this box, just matching the weather outside. Richmond obviously flying, but... Tim's feeling like his blue boys might cause an upset. No Dusty Martin today, Yeah, that's Mick. a worry. No Cochin. We're going to talk to Trent Cochin shortly. So I think that's well, why Tim might be feeling pretty good today. Well, he must be a good player, Dusty, because before he was pulled out of the team, they were $6 to win Carlton. They came into $4.20 after that. So he has a big impact. The, the, the first steps are the sweetest. Is that what the saying goes, Tim? And... Uh, even at the Carlton 1979 Best and Fair, uh, Best and Fairest Premiership Reunion on Friday where David T got a standing ovation. The Carlton supporters are up and about. It might not be this year. Well, it won't be. But well, <laughs> what if they get Canelio, Lingy? And suddenly oh. their starting bounce when they play Richmond in round one next year is Cripps, Canelio, Walsh and Cruiser. That's a fair first starting bounce. That would be very, very nice. And when you read that out before, uh, Tim did say <laughs> the confidence that they would have in that round one game, having knocked off the Tigers in round 21 this year, they'd be flying by then. So who knows? Yeah, well, why, why, why wouldn't they be a little bit confident coming here today, Carlton? I mean, they've beaten so many top four teams this year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I mean, they should be confident. No, but they're playing footy. You know what? In all seriousness, last week against the Eagles, in that first 40 minutes, Carlton played really good footy. The Eagles had to really turn up to uh, step away from them after that. So I'm expecting it to be a close game today. I mean, Richmond need to keep winning to try and uh, finish in the top four. And I think Carlton are playing a good brand of footy at the moment. So certainly... 
will be a nice close game, I think. Here is a sound to send a chill through you, Richo, and What's Mick that? Warner. Have a listen. You know what that is? Is that, uh, the, is that the Tiggy train? That's the Tig train. Oh, the Tig train. <laughs> <laughs> Gee, well, Lingy, you're going out into the crowd. You might need your wet weather gear and an umbrella because, again, it's uh, wintry. Not raining at the moment, but uh, I reckon when you head out there in about half an hour, it will. Are you going to have a talk to some of the Carlton faithful? We took some talk back last week. That's probably a little bit selective, but you're going to go out and just randomly choose a few Carlton fans. I'm going to get around the Carlton cheer squad area, and I'm going to ask the Carlton fans, what do they want? Are they on the Teague train, or are they looking elsewhere? When I go down there, Mick, can I have a little juicy nugget to drop to them? Are they going to get Stephen Cornelio? Well, it seems as though the longer it goes, they are going to get him. But I don't know. I'm just guessing. But I, just the read of the situation. Hawthorne are into him, though, as well. And his best mates. Those in the know. Yeah. And Johnny Patton's going to go there as well, who he lives with. But those in the know think Carlton are ahead in that race. So if he does choose to leave. Well, if they get Canelio, gee, they'll really be on the move next year, the Blues, no doubt about that. Does the reshore and the lowest score in North Melbourne's history situation last night affect Carlton's thinking in any way on the Teague train? Ooh, don't know. Good question. The it wasn't interim. a good night for reshore, was it? It was a horror night for North Melbourne, only kicking the one goal. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It might come into consideration. We've got a few minutes with uh, Richmond's injured skipper in the lead-up to the big game. Uh, Trent Cotchen down on the boundary joins us. Good to uh, have you with us on 3RW Football. Trent, uh, if we could talk Dusty first, is it, is it a, a calculated gamble or is it a case of uh, he wouldn't have played regardless of uh, who you were playing and what the status of the match? Oh, cer- Certainly not uh, <laughs> anything to do with the opposition. Uh, the Blues have been tracking along really well and um, I think something as a football club is that we always respect our opposition. Uh, it doesn't matter where they're positioned on the ladder um, and I think we've seen this round and this year that the, the competition's so even so uh, no he's just uh, he's had a niggle that he's been carrying for a little bit and just um, just probably didn't pull up as, as much as he or as well as he would have liked uh, at the back end of the week but I, I think it will only be one of those ones that he gets a bit of rest in this week and, and comes back into the side next week and Trent it must say a lot about the way the club thinks of Jack Ross who'd only had I think one game back from that ankle in the VFL and he comes into the team for Dusty yeah and he's, he's obviously a star of a kid um but also the way he plays footy, we, we love it. And, you know, it's, it's also a credit to the, the program that Fly and, and our development coaches are running um, in the VFL because the, the system that they play with, as we're seeing out here today, uh, is very much the same as the AFL system. And uh, guys are, find it really easy to switch into uh, the senior team. Koch, a couple of milestones today. And we'll start with Shane Edwards, who plays his 250th game. And during the week, I was really interested to hear a long-time Richmond uh, watcher and an employee of the club, Tony Greenberg, who's watched a lot of footy over 50 years. He said that by the end of Shane's career, he thinks he'll be rated higher than Morris Rioli at Richmond. That, that's a huge wrap of, of what Shane's done at this club. Yeah, absolutely it is. And, and obviously, I didn't get a chance to spend too much time with Morris. But what I can say about Shane is that He's one of the most humble um, and, you know, you talk talk connection a lot, uh, particularly at our footy club, and he's a connector. He brings people together. Um, he relates so well to both the young and the older players. And I think the, the beauty of Shane is that even though he hasn't, or he probably has more, more recently been recognised as, as one of the standout players in the competition, but um, 
it's never wavered the way he goes about it, and, and that's what I love about him. He's just happy to play his role for the team. You know, even this year he's played forward, back, and even midfield. So um, he's, he's a credit to himself. He's a credit to, to the family and the way he was raised. But um, we've, we've loved being, well, I've loved being a part of his journey uh, for the 250 and, and hopefully plenty more. Coach, we're here watching the curtain raiser at the moment, Tigers and the Blues. Marlon Pickett playing out there, uh, picked up in the mid-season draft. Will we see him play AFL this season? Oh, he's got a, such a mature body on him. And, you know, had, had he not have injured that uh, finger of his, who knows where his season would have gone. But, um, you know, he's he's a standout person, pretty quiet, Um but the way he's come into the footy club and just applied himself uh, to tick all the boxes that he needed to to come in and then the way he's impacting games is incredible. He has no respect for his body or his head in the way he flies for marks and, and goes in at the ground balls as well. So there's no reason. It's just a matter of, of finding where he fits um, yeah, yeah, at both levels, really. He's, he's been playing a couple of different roles at VFL as well. So we hope so. Uh, they're always excitement machines and we know that they can bring a lot of speed and, and uh, hardness around the contest. After today, Koch, you've got West Coast and Brisbane to finish. Probably teams that you will either one or both you'll play against in finals. Is that a good or a bad thing to finish oh, the home I and away? Th- I think I think it's always a good thing to play and really measure yourself against the best teams of the competition. As I said, even even with the Blues, I think they've won four of their last six. So, you know, they're one of the informed comp- teams of the comp. Um, and you know, the statistics that of the last six weeks versus uh, the start of the season for them their KPIs are, are totally different to to where they were so we're just really excited about the opportunity to, to, to play our best footy against um, teams that are going really really well at the moment. It does mean though and I think this was the point of Lingy's question Trent it's kind of a six-week final series you're playing the best uh, in a couple of really important games you can't afford to to drop any could that tell over you know a, a long campaign? Oh, look, I think the, the work that we've done, both physically and mentally, is that we'll prepare ourselves um, for these challenges as we do every week. Um, you know, we'll focus on, on what makes us a really good team rather than what the outcome might do for, you know, ladder position and, and all the jazz that comes with that. But uh, we'll just set ourselves against a quality opposition. It's the same for, for the majority of other teams in the comp as well. So, you know, there's still a number of guys, teams that are fighting it out for a position in the eight. Even the top four is not settled, so um, everyone's in a similar position. Alex Rance did everything he could to get back and then obviously pulled the pin this week and addressed the players. How hard was that for him to... And what involvement did you have as the captain in talking to him throughout the year about his prospects? Oh, look, he's an incredible... um contributor whether he's playing or not he's uh, obviously a vice captain for that reason and you know to see you know he's a specimen of a, a unit as well um you know even just watching him train this morning was was incredible to watch uh, i wish i had half his bicep um but uh yeah it was challenging and, and he got a little bit emotional about it as well which which is always nice to see these these guys that you think are unbreakable um showing a little bit of that vulnerability and and that it meant so much to him and i think the best part about Rancy is that this, it was a selfless decision and, and one that he wanted to take away from the, the club and the, and the playing group so that it wasn't a distraction going forward. You've had your own problems this year with the hamstring. Has it been three times that you've strained it? Where are you at and are you worried that you've done it that many times going into a final series? No, I'm not, I'm not worried. I'm really confident. I've got my rehab advisor standing right next to me so I can't bag him out, big <laughs> chino. But, uh, yeah, look... I, it's just one of those things where um, 
initially where, where you have a little bit of weakness, you obviously want to get back and play as soon as possible and um, sometimes the game of footy can be a challenge and, and we get injured in different positions. Um, I'm not concerned by it. Uh, it'll be what it'll be and I'm really confident in the work that I've been putting into it. Just a serious question this. You've got two young daughters and now you've got a son, I think he's, what, four or five weeks old. How does a professional athlete get enough sleep to play AFL football? Uh, I need to rely heavily on... Uh, a very, very um, <laughs> solid wife in, in Brook. Um, she's actually kicked me into the spare room, particularly given I've had a hamstring uh, injury. She wants me to get as much sleep as possible. So I try to do as much as I can in the early parts of the night uh, and then try and get a good block of, of sleep in. But, um, yeah, as, as they say, the, the, the women in my life, and I'm sure many others, is... is the reason why we can do what we do. Coach, be honest. She she didn't kick you. Nah, that's exactly right. <laughs> you, Come on, Coach. You uh, went in there Requested. happily. You went in there very happily. Nah, nah. Yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yes, yes. I, did, I did go in there happily. Not a lot of arguments. <laughs> hey, Coach, uh, just before we let you go, it must be great to have um, Toby Nankervis back today as well. Yeah, absolutely. The big nank. Um, you know, I think what we love about him is that he just goes about his business. Um and we've seen over his journey back from his injury uh, at the VFL, it's it's exactly the same name that we, we come to know and, and come to love. Um, his physicality around the contest is what I love most about him. I, I couldn't care less whether he gets his hand to the footy in a ruck contest. I know that he'll be following it up with some genuine pressure. So, uh, yeah, good good to have him back out there in the senior team. And, Trent, I know you've got to get away. A quick final one just about this round. There have there been a couple of very poor performances, in fact, uh, more than a couple. Uh, do you attribute it in any way to the, to the weather, to players these days when uh, grounds remain pretty good? We don't have the mud heaps of uh, yesteryear, but um, do they come out, somehow have trouble getting up and doing their best when it turns a bit cold? <laughs> I have no idea, but I, I couldn't imagine playing a game in snow, uh, particularly with my hamstrings this year. I don't think that would be too good. Um, oh, It'd be something you'd have to ask just about every individual, but you know, maybe maybe uh, if the game's getting a little bit tough and it's a lot colder than it normally is, um, teams are shutting up shop. But yeah, I, I don't think so. Well, good luck uh, with the sleep and the hamstrings <laughs> and uh, and with the Tigers as well. And thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the call. Trent Koch and the Richmond captain. Uh, I wish my wife would kick me to the spare room. <laughs> well, it's funny. Uh, it's funny. Koch mentioned that we were down in Geelong last night. I'm driving home from Geelong and I walked in the door just after 1am uh, and so my daughter's room's up near the front of the house and I've put the key in and I'm trying to creep, you know, like a mouse through the front door and as I tried to shut the front door it just made a tiny little noise and almost simultaneously I heard Zoe <laughs> so uh, I spent the next half an hour lying on the floor in uh, her room. Hey Richo, when you become a parent Yes uh, long uninterrupted nights of sleep are as rare as hens. <laughs> oh, yes. uh, very good. No, no, but no, occasionally, no. occasionally you get a night's sleep. Just like occasionally, there is a mutant hen that does have teeth. <laughs> there is Stop a lot it. of pressure. There a, is a lot of pressure to replay that disastrous moment from oh, no. Channel 7's coverage yeah. uh, last the, night. We I might had, do it shortly. I had the backhoe out digging a hole down there at GMHBA <laughs> Stadium. It is half-time at Marvel Stadium. St Kilda lead Fremantle by points 6-5-41 to 6-4-40. We're going to take a break and come back with the Sunday roast. It's your turn. 9-6-900-693 or 13-13-32. The numbers for the Nick Theodosi Prestige Cars open line. A little prize to give away the Sunday 
Sunday roast coming up for Safe Track. Don't go away. 3AW is football. Like hen's teeth here tonight, those shots got to make the most. Why are hen's teeth rare, by the way? I've got no idea. I don't think they exist. They just roll they, with the beak. They don't have any. Up back here, Not one. Not one, Richo. No, the hen. Grant on a farm, Richo, clearly. <laughs> oh, I couldn't give two hoots about the chooks. <laughs> yeah. Only care about a chook when it's got a bit of Parmigiana oh, sauce on actually, top of the cheese. Be, and... I'll be having a bit of chook on the way home and there'll be a. <laughs> Nice cold frosty one sitting next to it. Mm. Bad night all round down at GMHBA, hey, wasn't that, it? Tim, that was a reflection, my commentary, <laughs> on how good a game it was down there last night. It was a dull game, wasn't it? It was horrible. Knuckle was good, though. Oh, he added uh, a little sparkle. bit of sparkle to the night. The, it's cats, time. the Cats got their contest back where yeah. they won it, though. That yep. was the good thing about it. Richo was the, uh, was the headliner for this week's Sunday Roast, which uh, is about to unfold in all its glory. 96-900-693 or 13-13-32. The Sunday Roast for Safe Track, Australia's best compliance training provider, nine years in a row. Google Safe Track Compliance, and that's S-A-F-E-T-R-A-C Compliance. We've got a prize, a uh, 36-packet box of AFL Team Coach 2019 footy game cards in the blue pack, valued at over $100. 96900 693 or 131332. Uh, you're going to lead us off, Lingy, but leave Richo alone. Yeah, I will leave Richo alone. I'm going to kick us off because I'm keen to get down to that Carlton cheer squad. I want to head down and uh, have a chat with a few Carlton fans. I've got part roast, part sweet for Friday night football in Canberra. The roast is for the Giants. They just were not up for the fight. They were not up for the conditions. They did not embrace the cold like their opponents did. And they played an awful game of football where a number of players by the end had just completely given up on it, which was terrible stuff. You'd have to have them on defrost in the microwave for half an hour before you started roasting. Yes, exactly right. But the little sweet were for the fun of the night. When it started snowing and the crowd started cheering and a few of the fans put on their snow goggles, it was a genuinely fun atmosphere on a freezing night and it was good to be there. But, gee, the Giants were bad. For a team that's thinking top four, they just gave up on it. That was pretty weak. Yeah, you're right, and that's why I'm roasting myself today, Tim, because I was one of those ones before the game who said, why are we fixturing a game in Canberra in the middle of winter on a Friday night? But you're right. It was it was amazing. It gave us the Clarko's genius doing his lap in the nude and the, the fans eating ice cream. They loved it. So I got that wrong. And uh, well done to the people of Canberra too, 11,000 turned out. Well, I'm, I'm quickly roasting everyone who said, why are we playing footy there? What? It's a winter sport. I know. It's I got a winter it sport. Yep, and, you're right. You know, that's their home ground and they were scheduled a Friday night game. I mean, sport all over the world's played in bad conditions. So we're kidding ourselves here. Anyone who's said <laughs> the scheduling was wrong. And, and a sweet for uh, Shane Edwards today, 250 games. A bit of a Richmond feel, obviously a Richmond game, but I was lucky enough to still be playing when Shane arrived from Adelaide, and he was, I reckon he was 55 kilos, ringing wet, <laughs> and you looked at him and you thought, gee, he's, he's got a lot of work to do, uh, this kid. But you could tell he could play, he moved so well, but in, a, in his first few games, he was getting tackled, and because of his body weight, he was getting ragdolled, and I felt for his safety a little bit. He's turned in to an absolute champion of the Richmond Football Club, an All-Australian, and one of the big reasons Richmond's been uh, successful the last five or six years. So well, sweet for Shane Edwards. Why is he so underrated, Richo, outside well, well, of the club? I think, I, think, um, I think it was 
maybe Dermot Brereton that, that noticed a few years ago that a lot of the things he did in traffic, it was a bit like a Cyril Rioli situation, little tap-ons, little handballs or something so quick in heavy traffic that someone just in the crowd really not taking the ultimate notice mightn't even see it. And he does a lot of those little things you hardly see. But uh, behind closed doors at a footy club, they're, they're noticed big time. And he kicked a few too many goals in a team that was struggling, I reckon, early on. And uh, so he was seen as a bit of a goal sneak, I reckon, yeah. who just drifted in every now and then. And uh, the rest, as you say, wasn't really noticed. But uh, it's become history. Uh, my roast is, well, it's for the, the footy. I don't like uh, getting stuck into elite-level sporting teams. But three clubs this weekend have kicked nine goals between them. Now, that's alarming, but... I'd add this, the superficial rule changes imposed on the game prior to this season have clearly failed, and Stephen Hawking and his raft of scientists need to urgently address some neglected fundamentals. And before anyone says this weekend's pathetically low scoring as a result of the weather, just remember that in the supposedly bad old days of the 1960s, games were often played on mud heaps. If those conditions applied today, there'd be matches in which 20 points would be a winning score. Let's get to your calls. Richo is the judge. Full board of callers. John from Hampton, you're first. Oh, good um, afternoon, Tim and team. I, I've got, I'm going to start off with a tweet, and it's a massive tweet for Charlie Cameron from the Brisbane Lions, and he is just an absolute joy to watch, and, and I would pay to go and watch, see him any day of the week because he is an excitement machine. And my roast is, uh, it's not a massive roast, but it's for Dustin Martin's new um, book coming out, uh, Dustin Martin, My Story So Far. It's a book full of pictures. I would love a few words and a bit of insight in what's going on in Dusty's mind and, and a few more words rather than just all pictures. That's an interesting one, John. Who's he done it with, I wonder, Richo? Normally, uh, I didn't, involved. Mick, I didn't you... even know that he had done a book, but... I'm suggesting that uh, it was his management probably getting him to do a book. I'm not sure Dusty would have been up for writing it. There was another Richmond uh, number four who did a book in the middle of his career. Did his own team his, yes. and put himself into it. Centre half forward. One thing you don't do, and I'm not bagging Royce, is I don't reckon you name yourself in the best ever team that you've seen. <laughs> Turned out he was right. Hey, John, John is right about Charlie Cameron too because there's another player that Adelaide have let go, Tim. It's about ten of them in the competition. It was stars at other clubs, and he is certainly one of those. Yep, they have, uh, gee, they've lost a lot. Tony from Box Hill. Have a go. Thanks, Tim. I'm uh, also jumping on the Canberra bandwagon. I've just got a couple of sweets for the crowd. They knew what was coming. Talk about courage in football, but they stayed the course. And Alistair Clarkson, I'm roughly the same age. When I saw the footage of him running around without his shirt on, when I looked at myself in the mirror the next morning, I was feeling pretty happy with myself. Uh, no, he had a, a ripper of a night. Good week for Clarko. If he needed uh, any more good weeks. Thanks, Tony. Nick from Brunswick. Yeah, g'day. Um, listen, I want to uh, talk to Richo. You there, Richo? Yes, Nick. Uh, mate, uh, what's going on with North Melbourne? Why do they kick uh, one goal eight? Well, last night it, w- it was pretty simple. If you've ever been to Geelong and watched a game, there's one thing you need to do against Geelong at Geelong, and that's win the footy in close and get first use of it because if you don't and it goes into Geelong's forward line you are never ever going to get the the ball f- uh, through down there it's a narrow ground and they train there every day and they didn't they got smacked around in the contest and it was as simple as that they've been pretty good in that area so I wouldn't worry about it too much but Richo I mean a lot of teams have struggled at Geelong not many have come away 
with one goal eight. Yeah. I mean, I, they kicked a lot of points. They missed some easy shots. They should have kicked more than one goal, but Geelong played really well and just had them trapped in, and you could tell Geelong wanted to just, you know, strangle them in the contest and get that part of their game right leading into finals. And the appointment of Shaw is not the end of it, Tim. They're going to change their co- their coaching structure. They're going to get a senior figure. We don't know who it is, but an Alan Richardson type around him. But they, they would have been a bit nervous having their, kicking their lowest ever score in a game. That was a Barry Crocker if ever there was one. <laughs> Nick, thank you for your call. Greg from Berwick. Yeah, guys, I've got a sweet in the race. The sweeties sort of panel that keeps him under control as the Blues do get close in the last quarter. And it's a bit late, Greg. I'm out of control already. I don't think there's any shoving me back in the bottle. <laughs> and my race is... Oh, mate, Richo, ever since they released a song of you, now you're talking about bloody hedge teeth. Please explain. Yeah, uh, Greg, I've... Oh, I think I've lost the plot. I think that would be the simple explanation. There is another simile for rarities, isn't yeah. there? What's that? Um, to put it politely, um, but it can be done less politely and a little more succinctly, as rare as rocking horse droppings, <laughs> which I've always liked. Greg, thanks for that. Les from Yarraville. Oh, yes, good afternoon, boys. Uh, look, I'm, a, I'm an Essendon supporter. I'm going to roast uh, Lindsay Tanner and the Essendon board. So far, they haven't sacked the coach. Now, from recent events... Recent events have proven that if Essendon want to sack the coach, we'll win the next two and guarantee a final spot. So get on with it, Lindsay. And after all, I mean, Lindsay was in the run government. He knows all about sackings. So get on with it, Lindsay. <laughs> Good on you, Les. You haven't lost it. Shane from Oakley. Look, I was going to roast the Bombers. I'm going to roast myself because I was stupid enough to take my 10-year-old son to watch him. Sat on the boundary, front row seat, and my ten-year-old was absolutely devastated, and I felt like it was my fault. Terrible by me, bad pairing. Is he going to stay a bomber? Do you reckon, Shane? There is no other choice, and, and we all know that's just life, and we all know it'll turn around. Just got to hold on. But it was not a pleasant night to be a dad last night. No, I can well imagine. I've told the story before. I took my daughter to a game that I was broadcasting. A friend came along to look after her when she was only, well, maybe a year or two older than uh, your young bloke. And it was out at Footscray on an icy Sunday, and it was the day Mark Arcieri kicked Carlton's <laughs> only goal 27 minutes into the last quarter. It, it is one of the most underrated talking points in footy, is trying to keep your kids to barrack for the team you barrack for when they're going through a 20-year drought. Sam Edmund at work is a Carlton man. He's saying his two boys, they want to jump off the Carlton bandwagon. He's trying desperately to keep them on. But it is a problem for mums and dads out there. Oh, I bet they're on the Teague train right now. <laughs> Dominic from Frankston, you're the lucky last. Yes, good afternoon, fellas. Look, uh, my roast is for Merritt of Essendon. Last night, uh, early in the last quarter, he um, got a free kick when a bulldog bloke pushed him back and he got up uh, slapping his hands and laughing. Now, if you're 100 points behind, you wouldn't be clapping your hands a lot. And my sweet is for Josh Dunkley about the best game I've ever seen a footballer play last night. Wow, that's big praise. Dominic, thanks for that. Uh, Richo, you've got a judgment on that lot. Yeah, uh, Dominic, great sweet. Josh Dunkley, his form in the last six, seven weeks has been incredible, and he's put a couple of those games together. Great last night. A good mention there for you. John from Hampton, 
A nice sweep for Charlie Cameron, the best small forward in the game. How did he uh, leave Adelaide? But I, I'm going to give it to uh, Les from Yarraville. And it was a roast. It was a tongue-in-cheek roast, but he was roasting the Essendon board and Lindsay Tanner for not uh, sacking John Warswold because we've seen in recent times, Mick, if you sack a coach, you win a couple of games. <laughs> Essendon then go into the finals. A bit of lateral thinking there from Les. A tongue-in-cheek roast uh, will give you the prize today for the Sunday roast. Thanks to all our callers. Give us a call back. Les, at the Sunday roast, a feature of footy preview each Sunday on 3RW and brought to you by Safe Track. Australia's best compliance training provider, nine years in a row. Google Safe Track without a K, S A F E T R A C, Safe Track Compliance. Half time at Marvel Stadium, St Kilda, lead Fremantle by the Bear Point as uh, we maintain our around the grounds coverage for Husqvarna, 6541 to 6440. Lingy's gone out into the crowd, and we're going to be joining him straight after we take a break. The weather, Richo, is closing in, and I've got a feeling Lingy's going to get wet while he's down there. Yeah, he is, but uh, he's going to have a chat to the Carlton fans just to see where they're at uh, with the Teague train just pulling up over at Richmond Station. He's just arrived over there. He's being mobbed, Lingy. Well, he's... He's big everywhere, Nick. He's not just the mayor of Geelong. <laughs> All aboard for the Teague train coming up next on 3OW Sunday Football Preview. Handball to Grigg. Handball over the top. Titch Edwards. Right foot snap. Goal. Over the top to Edwards. And that was beautiful as Edwards seals the deal with a goal. Good ball. Puts Martin one out top of the goal square. Well played, Jonas. Spillage out to Edwards, who was storming into an open goal. Markov's going to have a run at the jump of this again. Oh, flashing through it is Edwards. Takes the mark and kicks the goal. Dusty's got it at 60. Centering ball. And he's found Edwards, who's marked on his chest. The crowd will tell you. The Edwards kick. Is that loud enough? He's kicked 158 goals from 249 games. He's out there for his 250th on the MCG this afternoon. Shane Edwards, and you'll hear it all here on 3AW's Big Sunday broadcast. We're going to talk Carlton, though, for the next few minutes. No need to introduce the segment, really, because uh, all the discussion has been about who is going to be Carlton's next coach, and will it be the unlikely David Teague, who, as caretaker, has overseen five victories and a couple of one-kick defeats from just eight games. Now, Lingy, who used to rule the goal squares here on the MCG when the coach had sent him forward, uh, is down at the city end at the moment, and he's making friends with a lot of Carlton fans. He loves navy blue and white. What's the mood out there, Lingy? Well, there's a fairly unanimous mood at the moment, Tim. I'm right amongst the Carlton cheer squad. We're watching Richmond warm up down this end, so the Carlton fans here are all locked on what I'm going to say, and I've grabbed a couple of them. I want to know from the Carlton people, people power, who is going to be the next coach of the Carlton Football Club? Debbie, start with you. Who is it? Definitely Teague. The Teague train? Yes, the Teague train. We're all on board. All right, Debbie's on the Teague train. Mary, what about you? Yeah, I'm definitely on the Teague train as well. Why? Well, because the board have got it wrong for so long, and it's time they listen to the people, the members, and the um, players have endorsed him. So let's get on the Teague train, book him in, and let's see get us to the grand final. 
What about the, those of us, like myself, who feel like Michael Voss is perhaps in first place right now? What would you say to me about that? I love Voss. He was a great player, championship player. No one will ever take that away from him, but he's not a coach and he doesn't belong at Carlton. Calm people belong at Carlton. There, there, there we go. We've got two Teagues, two on the Teague train right here. I'm going to wander down a little bit further into the Carlton cheer squad. I've been made to feel quite welcome down here, which is a surprising uh, feeling given uh, some of the banter that went over the fence. Girls, Carlton's next coach. Who's it going to be? Teague. Ooh, hopefully Teague. Two for Teague. Teague. Teague again. Teague. Teague. Well, we continue to be unanimous. I'm trying to find if there's any others. Is it going to be David Teague? Teague. Teague again. What about, come on, what about if you could get a big fish? I'm not naming which big fish, but if you could land the biggest fish in the AFL coaching caper, does that change your mind? Nah, Teague. Wow, continues. Go on, take it. Cameron Ling, the next coach. I like that. Cameron Ling for the next coach. That one's not going to happen, okay? I think there's a much bigger chance of David Teague. Hey, hey Lingy. Yes, Richo. Um, maybe just throw out a bit of Clarkson, Burley, and just see if you can get a bite on Clarkson. Because seriously, if, if Clarkson suddenly, and I, this is totally hypothetical, if he suddenly decided maybe he did want to change, surely you'd take Clarkson. Okay, got a couple of guys in front of me here and, uh, and, the, and the kid. Next coach of Carlton. Definitely Teague. Teague for sure, but what if the great Alistair Clarkson became available? No, mate, I don't think he's the man. Still Teague? (laughs) Yeah, still Teague. Wow. What about you? Yeah, still Teague. Despite Clarkson, if we magically became available? Too much, cost too much. Teague all the way. Teague all the way. Richo, I can't change their minds right now. Anyone here in the Carlton Cheer Squad want Alistair Clarkson at all? Anyone want Michael Voss? Or are we just... Who's going to coach Carlton Neck? Teague. Teague. Who's going to coach Carlton Neck? I think you've got to rest your case, Lingy. I, I, can't, I can't find anyone down here amongst the people who have spoken. The Carlton board, you've got to listen. This is amongst the cheer squad of the Carlton Football Club, and they all want David Teague. Redo the poll at 6 o'clock, and we'll see what they say then, Lingy. Okay, I, I'm going to ask one more well, question. Well, i tell you what, then. if they beat... Richmond, it'll be They'll have to give him the job on Monday. What happens if Richmond win by 10 goals today? Is David Teague still your man to coach Carlton? Of course he's going to coach Carlton. We're not going to lose in here. Ah, very good. I love the positive thinking. I can't find anyone. It's David Teague. <laughs> well, Lingy, that was fantastic. And um, it's, then the Teague train is just an unstoppable force. It's a at, locomotive, at isn't it? <laughs> I wonder if any Carlton board members are listening to that or are they uh, having their pre-match lunch? They're in a pickle. In all seriousness, they have to appoint David Teague. There's no way they can't now. Well, they don't have to. And if they lose heavily in their last three games... your members are your club. If you don't have your members, your club doesn't exist, Mick. And all of their... That was at least 30 people. you had this when you unleashed the geesh at Richmond. The Richmond members spoke. And in hindsight, that wasn't the right move. Mm. So... Your experience well, then. Well, I've seen the other side of it, and it didn't end up being that good for Geese. But I've got to be honest, his first year, everything was going okay at Richmond, but it didn't end up all right down the track. But that was probably more a symptom of where Richmond were at and maybe not Jeff Geese. Happy to take more Carlton calls on the coaching issue. Uh, anyone not prepared to uh, stay on the 
Teague Train. Also, Bomber fans, Kangaroo fans, 9-6-900-693 or 13-13-32, the Nick Theodosi Prestige Cars Open Line. Just want to point out, I went looking for Carlton's last run of form uh, as good as this or perhaps even better than this. And I think there's a cautionary aspect to this. Carlton have won five out of eight. They won six out of seven in the first half of Brendan Bolton's first season as coach. David Teague is effectively in the first half of his first season as coach the honeymoon period. at the moment. Things can yep. happen oh. at that time. Mate, You've got to be a little bit wary. Oh, 100%. You, you do, and this is nothing taking nothing away from David Teague because I don't know anything about and how he coaches and I'm not inside those four walls. Only those people know, but I just think any change in a fresh voice is there's always going to be a bit of a honeymoon period and eventually that does wear off. So you, you do have to still go through the correct process and by all accounts Carlton are doing that. It's not just the cheer squad though, is it? It's that, that, as I said, that 1979 lunch they had on Friday. All the Carlton players and former greats, the royalty of the club, former board members, they gave him a standing ovation, Tim. So the, the board, all these four people on the selection panel have got a big dilemma. Particularly there, if they keep winning. Is there any chance that Carlton does find itself in the position the Swans were in with Terry Wallace? Whether they Paul enter Roos into a few an agreement. Years ago? Could, it have, could anything have happened early on? I don't think so. I don't think they would have. When the rumour mill is running a bit on, wild at the moment. On Voss. But that would involve having actually signed a, a contract. I don't think we've advanced to that. Have we? No. Well, not that I'm aware, no. Mm. You haven't heard anything no, I haven't to that heard, effect? No, no. no. Nine six nine hundred six nine three or thirteen thirteen thirty two. Uh, Richo told us about uh, North Melbourne's woes. We haven't really spent much time on the Bombers, um, and you wouldn't have had a chance to watch no. that last night, Richo. I don't know about you, Mick, and what your viewing pattern was last well, evening, but uh, that was extraordinary. Stunning. The first goal in the first thirty seconds of the match, and uh, got the next one. What twenty one minutes into the last quarter. In the meantime. The Bulldogs had kicked 21. 21 unanswered goals, which the record was 23 that Geelong booted against Frio last year. But it's... Look, I can't see John Warsfold leaving, but you can't have performances like that. If they have one more of those, Richo, before the end... I know they've got eight injuries and they're big-name players, but the lack of effort's always the alarming... It is, and it's hard... I really struggled to believe that last night, looking at the scores, you know, just spasmodically because we were broadcasting another game. Because just with the, how structured football is now, you almost feel like that can't happen. And um, it did last night. So, yeah, I'd have to go back and watch it, which which we will during the week. But, yeah, it was staggering to see 21 goals in a row. That, that was really unforgivable, particularly when you're playing for finals. Now, I know they had six changes and they got huge injury issues, but... It's the structured nature of footy now. It's hard to imagine that happening. We'll get back to Esther, but Gabby is on the open line calling us from Brisbane, where I'd imagine she's listening to Macquarie Sports Radio. Gabby, good to have you with us. It's a guy. I'm a guy. Girl's name but a guy. A, a bloke, Gabby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's pretty common. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I would just like to say, um, why don't they just give him a year, see how he goes in that first year, rather than trying to push for a three- or a four-year contract? That's thought. what we want. We, we're seeing a different style of play at the moment. We're all happy. And I think half the Carlton boys and supporters, every time we win, we start crying. Yeah, it's 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 hard to do that, though. I mean, you, Why is it hard? Well, you just, the players just get used to one voice again, and then 
at the end of next year you're going to change again. You're wasting guys' careers. You're wasting Patrick Cripps' career. No, but isn't the point, why do we have to commit to a three- or four-year contract? Why don't we just say, okay, your job's yours next year. Go for it, and if you're good enough, then we'll extend you. Save yourself a million dollars if it goes pear-shaped. Because repetition and the same voice is needed now. You can't change coaches every 12 months. That wastes careers. And Patrick Cripps is a a once-in-a-generation player, so they've got to get it right with this appointment. Just back to the Bombers. I think Robbo's first words in our Sunday sport program from 12 uh, were to the effect that uh, they're a funny club, Essendon, and uh, he should know he follows them closely. He follows all clubs closely, but he's an Essendon supporter. And um, there was a good stat doing the rounds. You may have heard it, uh, that uh, Josh Kay from Seven came up with. He's a Bomber man as well. That uh, Essendon haven't won a final under a coach other than Kevin Sheedy (laughs) since 1968. In more than 50 years. Now, I know Sheedy coached them for a good slice of that, but there have been a few other coaches. They have not won a final under any of them since Jack Clark was their coach in 1968. They haven't won a final since September 2004. So that's 15 years. And this can happen to, to great clubs that they know they're no longer great. I mean, I think that the Essendon that's emerged from the drugs crisis is still a very vanilla club. They're still a safe club and they haven't got that Essendon arrogance about them at the moment. You, you and, know, it, and it can take a generation to get it back. You know what we Kevin Sheedy brought? We're seeing it with Carlton. Kevin Sheedy brought a quality to Essendon. He brought football know-how. He brought winning know-how. But he brought ruthlessness. That was his trademark as a footballer. When he went to Richmond from Paran in the VFA, it looked for a while as though he might make it. Bill Barrett was uh, here. The centre was his. But uh, Sheedy wanted to play in the centre and apparently they used to slug it out on the track at Punt Road at uh, training. And Sheedy has said more than once that um, after the things that happened on the training track at Richmond, nothing in a game would frighten you because it was actually easier on match day than it was when you were training. You were trying to kill each other well, metaphorically. Warsfold's ruthless, though, isn't he? Don't know. It's hard to know because he's so inscrutable. Hmm. He was ruthless as a player. There's no doubt about that on the field. But he came to Essendon in circumstances where he had to really steady the ship. So, Which a, he did. He rare, steadied it. A rare sort of circumstance for anyone to arrive, and it's never happened before. So, no. Uh, they're a know. fascinating club, Essendon, and I think it's going to take a long time to get the Essendon back into Essendon. Lingy's back, uh, the people's hero, been down at the city end of the MCG. That was a pretty interesting reaction. Oh, it was 100% unanimous, wasn't it? And every, even when I was wandering out and uh, spoke to a few more, not one person I could find <laughs> wanted anything other than being on board the Teague train, and uh, they were pretty strong in it. And good atmosphere building down there. There's a good crowd building up, and... I did wander past a few Richmond supporters and uh, they did say to me, Richo, that I wonder what they'll think of David Teague after we give them a hiding today. So don't worry, there's a fair bit of banter going on. I don't think it'll be a hiding today. I think it'll be a close game, very close game. Carlton are playing good footy. You look at their numbers and Trent Cotchin said it earlier. Their KPIs from early this year to the last five or six weeks, they're really good around the footy. 
really, really good in the contest with Patrick Cripps. So Four think, good ins today. Cruiser, Daisy, Mitch McGovern and Liam Jones. The only thing I'd say with the Blues today, they're pretty tall. So if it gets wet, that, that may hurt them a little bit. What about this seven-week final series that Richmond confront now, Richo? <laughs> because uh, they went to bed last night having slipped out of the top four. I'm serious about this. This is just meant to... But everyone's provoke. got a seven-week final series. So Brisbane, no, Brisbane, no one can Brisbane have got a seven-week final series. They play Geelong next week. They play Richmond. Every, every team alive for the top four or top eight is playing finals. Do you reckon now. Richmond can win the flag from the bottom four, the lower four, as the Bulldogs did? I, I think if you, just hypothetically, you lost to a team next week, like the Eagles, at least you've had a look at them, and then you can work on it if you play them again later on. So I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. Can you win it from outside the top four? I think you can this year. I think of a team like the Western Bulldogs, the style of footy they play with their contested footy, that's made for finals. What about if the Tykes do slip to fifth or finish fifth and the Doggies sneak into eighth playing that type of footy you're talking about? Yeah. That's a dangerous first opponent. That's uh, that's, that's the same case for any team that slips into fifth. (laughs) You're working him right (laughs) What I'm saying is, I think if you are in contention to play whether it's the Bulldogs or Port Adelaide or the Crows or Essendon fighting or Collingwood fighting for bottom part of the eight positions or your, your West Coast, your Richmond, your Brisbane, your Geelong next week going up. Geelong want to hold top spot. They're going up to Brisbane. It's finals for everyone, Tim. So I, I, how you're trying to make that apply to just <laughs> Richmond is uh, staggering he's, to he's me. staying strong, isn't he, Tim? He's it's calm. a staggering argument, though. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a mischievous thought in my mind. We're about to go to a break. I uh, know you have. Eddie Maguire. You're a naughty little boy, Tim. Eddie Magu- <laughs> no, this has nothing to do with Richmond. Eddie Maguire, well, it is sort of. If you're listening out there... Give us a call, 96900 693 or 131332. Are you and Bucks and Jeff Walsh and everybody else getting together around the TV, screaming your lungs out for the Blues against the Tigers <laughs> to have you in the top four of at the end of is. 21 rounds? <laughs> Eddie, Nine, Eddie's got his Carlton Beanie on right now. 96900 693. To give us a call, Ed, we'd love to put you to air. This is 3AW Football and it's brought to you by McDonald's. And his new club, Tom Lynch, moves in and puts it through. What a way to start. And they all go to him. Tom Lynch loves a sausage roll. There's Jack Higgins. And he's got one. And there's Richmond's second. Big moment for Bolton. Straight out. 40 metres out. And he drills it for his first goal. Oh, you think Curtis lands in his lap. And the big Ruckman puts through Richmond's fourth goal. And Richmond are all over the Blues at the moment. And he plays on for Solo. 30 out. And kicks a goal. 40 out. Thomas. Goal. So McGovern's first goal as a blue coming up here for 20 metres directly out and suddenly 60,000 fans arrived at the G. They've got a voice and they've got a team to barrack for. From the free, they've got to pay it. A miracle from the pocket. Higgins is crazy. On the fly, Fisher with a kick and he's put it through. Gave it off, Higgins to Lynch. Dusty forward pocket. Ball in dispute again. Lynch has a shot anyway and goals anyway and gets his third. He gave it to the big neck. And the big net squeezed one home. And suddenly they're going to win by plenty. 3AW football on the first night of the 2019 season. Carlton and Richmond at the MCG. It was all the Tigers early. And then Carlton showed a genuine glimpse of uh, what was there and what might be developing. Although over the next couple of months, uh, that 
pattern didn't continue and uh, Brendan Bolton lost his job. David Teague is now at the helm and Carlton have won five out of eight. So uh, we're going to find out over the course of this afternoon how far the Blues have come and where a couple of weeks out from the finals the Tigers are exactly sitting. Going to be a really big game and the crowd is building the first bounce just over a quarter of an hour away. You'll hear it all here on 3RW Football brought to you by McDonald's. 24 Chicken McNuggets for $9.95 available Mackers after 10.30am each day. I gather Eddie's on the air on Fox Footy so we can't speak to him at the moment. I just want to hear him say Go Blues. I would love to hear those words coming from his lips but uh, we can wait for another day. Mick Warner, apart from that, what are the big stories uh, of the week going to be? Well, look, that was a really bad loss for GWS on Friday night and I just wonder whether that now means that possibly the greatest list of talent ever put together is going to ultimately fall short of delivering on a premiership. And what does that mean for this club who, let's be honest, compared to Gold Coast, have been absolutely sensational from almost from the word go when they... That guy you mentioned before, Kevin Sheedy, they got him in there and he, he led those young players. They created a culture. But is it now going to fall away? Because if we're hearing the news that Cornelio is going to leave, he's the heart and soul player. He's the most popular player there by a mile. He's a great player, but he's a better bloke. And for him to leave could open the floodgates with Whitfield and uh, your mob Geelong are very heavily into Jeremy Cameron for next year. Could it? Could they miss out on this premiership that really looked like it was going to be there for so long? And what will that then mean for the long-term future should of that club? Should be a worry for the AFL, wouldn't it? You, now, you reported on that story, on the Cornelio aspect with John Ralph. Uh, uh, what's yeah, your feeling? Yeah, so the board met, the Giants board met in Canberra on Friday morning, and they were assured, Jimmy Bartell just confirmed this by Tom Petroro, his manager, that he hasn't made up his mind. But it's just going around that heavily that he's leaning towards going, that they would be very, very worried, the Giants. And interesting that Jimmy said, we haven't offered him the most money, which I think is smart because you can't blow up but you, your salary cap. A guy that's in Canelio's situation would never get the same money staying at the club he's already at. He's always going to get more leaving. Why is that? What, what is, I mean, Dustin Martin ended up getting almost as much as North Melbourne were offering. But, but not as much. They never do. You're never going to get the same amount. Richmond went to $1.25 million for Dusty. That's a lot more than they wanted to pay. And your, to your point, Tim, if the AFL are so desperate for this team, and I think we all are, we all want the Giants to succeed, don't they have a word and say, well, maybe you need to increase your money, boys? Well, did Jimmy confirm that, uh, I think, not in so many words, but it's a seven-year offer? I think uh, he did. Yeah, other, he got... Everyone's offering seven years, well, including them. Is that what he's asking for, a seven-year deal? Well, I think that's what so every other club who's right. in the running is offering seven years, and I think the Giants have gone to seven years. Gee, that's a big deal. It's a huge deal. Well, it's the rest of his life. Yeah. And it's a big, big decision for him to make. And that song you can hear in the background, if he goes there, Tim, I can already see the excitement on your face. Well, Cornelio and Cripps. Believe it or not, I'm thinking about it more from his point of view, Mick, and and this has been something raised in particular around the Gold Coast, that uh, players who, if Tom Lynch had spent an entire career there, what an unfulfilled, empty sort of career it would have been. Now, Cornelio's had some great years with GWS, but it looks as though the ones immediately had, well, they're not as promising uh, as they were three or four years back. 
and that the window is in the process of uh, it's, it's slipping down, if not closing. But they've still got plenty of high draft picks. They're, they're not going to drop the giants, off the face of the But earth, they haven't the got giants. the collection of talent that they had three They'll years never ago. get that list of no. talent, will they, again? But, I mean, that was but a... they've got some high draft picks, and they've still got plenty of talent. And as, as completely horrible as they were Friday night, and they deserved the roasting earlier. They had a they, lot of players out. They've still got Cornelio, Josh Kelly, Jacob Hopper, Harry Himmelberg, and Jeremy Finlayson to come back into that team building into finals. Yeah, but they're they, going to be dangerous. But they, absolutely, but if they don't get it done this year and he leaves, the window is closing. Around the grounds for Husqvarna, three-quarter time at Marvel Stadium. Frio leads St Kilda by seven points, 9-8-62 to 8-7-55. Nat Fife has had 26 disposals and kicked two goals at half-time over he, at Marvel. He's playing amazing. Point. He's going to win the Brownlow. It's wide open now. It's, the bombs is back. It's going to be a great Brownlow. Depends, great danger. Uh, might depend if Cripps just torches oh. the Tigers today <laughs> and uh, gets a three-vote performance. Sam Walsh in his first year. <laughs> <laughs> the rising star that? Brownlow it's, double. Can we, uh, are we record? this show? <laughs> uh, okay, we we'll, might replay a few things later on today. <laughs> Mick, what else is going to be making headlines? Big, well, obviously the, bo- the Bombers. Uh, I wonder if there's a cooling off period for Blake Carousella. Uh, Lingy, whether he can, he's got three days to change his mind. I think he's no, it, locked and loaded, he isn't is, he? He is, and that's a big coup for the Bombers to, to recruit him. It's interesting to happen in season, though. Like that Blake Carousella, I know we're a professional industry, but there, this has happened before where they've said, okay, see you later, and you, you, all, you leave. All coaches need, have to find out by August the 1st whether or not they're going to be recontracted for next year. That's in their collective bargaining agreement. Here come the Tigers, and uh, their banner, of course, celebrating Shane Edwards' 250th. The jungle drums are beating, and uh, this is a big day. And he seems to be an incredibly highly respected player. He is. And and Dion Prestia, 150 AFL games as well today. But, yeah, Shane Edwards, Benny Gale put a, a tweet out yesterday for anyone who's on Twitter. And if you want to see how Shane Edwards is regarded at the Richmond Football Club, have a look at uh, Brendan Gale on Twitter. It's a really, really good tweet and speaks volumes for Shane Edwards. Got a footnote for the week, Nick? Just the Bulldogs. Could they do it again? I don't think they're quite as advanced as they were the year they won it, Lingy. But with Dunkley emerging as an A-grader, their midfield now is arguably the best in the comp. And gets, English is really looking good. They get so much ball, and they're getting they're getting big contested numbers again. And when they won that flag, they were winning the contested ball by 30 to 40 a game in that stretch, and they did that last night. And, and Orton's only 19. Can you believe that? <laughs> He's a ripper, isn't he? And I, I tell you what's something worth looking at really late in the season of the finalists is how the VFL teams are going for those finalists. Richmond sitting top of the ladder, just flogged Carlton. Geelong were able to smash North Melbourne. Well, the Bulldogs beat Essendon's VFL team by over 90 and points Essendon's yesterday. Essendon's VFL team is in the top few on the ladder as yeah. well. I know they're shattered with injuries. A few so, injuries, yeah. but there is depth in the dogs, and they are coming very, very fast, but they've got to sneak in there first. That's the challenge. And what is it about Bevo? I mean, when he arrived, it looked as though they were at death's door. So much had gone wrong. And you know, he had them in the finals in his first year and winning a flag in his you know, second. Because he's they, got a touch of the Clarkos you know about him. He's yeah. a connector too. Yeah. His players are connected to him and they play for him. Got to get to a break. It is just about match time. Both teams are out on the MCG and that crowd is growing. Richmond versus Carlton. Great rivals. Big game. And you're going to hear it all here on 3AW Football for McDonald's.